fam, welcome to All Nations Baton Rouge Podcast, where we exist to help you find family, discover purpose, and change the world. Here's this week's message. I hope it is a blessing to you and your family. Here we go. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may have your seats. And for everything you've done, God, we give you all glory. We worship you, our Lord. You are. Can you say that one more time to the Lord? And we give you my Lord. And we worship. (laughs) God, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness that you have shown to this church, how you've blessed us in every season. God, we don't take it for granted, but we appreciate you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Give God a hand clap of praise, hallelujah. Hope you'll allow me just a few minutes, I won't be before you long, but just a few minutes uh, to preach this message to you on this morning, amen. We know uh, that over these few weeks that, that God is sharing some things with us to get us together as we are moving into this new year, amen. And, and some of these things are going to be a bit harsh when we first hear them, but some things need to be said in a harsh manner for us to understand it, right? Have you ever run across a person that they didn't really have an understanding until you had to get a little bit ignorant with them? I didn't say ignorant, all right? There's, there's a difference in getting ignorant and getting ignorant, right? Some people you gotta get ignorant with them for them to understand, for them to grasp it, you know what I mean? And sometimes when we're on our journey with the Lord, every now and then God has to get a bit ignorant with us for us to get it. Cause some of y'all gotta give you every warning sign. He gives you every route, he shows you everything. He makes it a glaring, I mean, he, he screams it at you and you still don't listen, amen? Say, neighbor, I know that must be you. You know, some of us, we still don't listen. Like God, God comes in every way. God will send a prophetic word. God will just so happen to get you to open up the Bible and send you to a specific scripture. God will have somebody come in your path. God will have something show up on the TV. God will have, I mean, all kinds of things. And some people still won't get it. Right? Or, you know, we've all been in that conversation before, too, when we're talking to somebody and we can tell they're not really listening to us. Right. And so then we say, look, do you hear me? Are you listening to me? When I talk to my wife, I have to if if she's preoccupied, I tell her, uh, I'll wait until you finish doing that before I speak. She she said, get off me this morning, get off me. (laughs) 
She know I don't like saying things over and over. If I'm telling a story, please do not interrupt me. You know how that person say, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait, 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 say that again. Uh-uh. First of all, I'm in a flow with my story. And I'm a pretty good storyteller. You let me tell my story, you pay attention. And so God is doing some things to get our attention to start this year. How many of you enjoyed last week? I know it was harsh, but you enjoyed it last week. How many of you spent time reflecting on the message and doing introspection so you can start finding yourself over the last week? Right? Yeah. I paid attention. I saw so many statuses this past week, you know, from people on Facebook like, look, I'm doing me. I'm finding. I said, that's right. Right. I'm going to pick on my wife one more time, all right? And I'm going to leave her alone, all right? We were having us a little uh, petty text argument the other day, amen? And I started because I called her in the morning and I had some things to share that were on my heart, amen? And uh, they were probably not shared at the right time. As a matter of fact, they weren't shared at the right time because we should never express our grievances in the morning, amen? But I, I was just so grieved in my spirit that I had to call her and announce my grief to her. And so uh, we got off the phone in a very abrupt manner. Any married folks know what it's like to get off the phone abruptly. That means somebody hung up, amen? <laughs> it was me. It was me that time, it was me. And uh, so, you know, we begin to um, have a petty exchange back and forth with each other. I mean, you know how you like, you really like sticking it to each other, but you be like, but you have a good day, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one responded, but, but enjoy your day, hon. It was one of them, right? And so in the middle of all that, she gonna tell me, she said, because I'm pursuing my personal happiness this year. <laughs> and I said, and I support that. <laughs> nah. She wasn't expecting that one. Every now and then, you got to get them with the curveball, uh-huh. Thought I was going to be mad. I support it. <laughs> but, but I love this journey. I love this journey that we're on. I think that it is a beautiful thing for so many people to be finding themselves in this year. Even discovering purpose starts with first discovering self. And it is a beautiful thing to do. And people will try to prevent you from doing that. People will have a problem with you choosing you. The more I choose me, the more people have a problem with it. And guess what? What is my theme song this year? I don't care. My God. We're going to be in the middle of worship one Sunday, Sunday and somebody's going to bust out with, I don't care. I don't, you know. But people will try to hold you hostage to how they want to receive you and not how you want to express yourself. And so um, one of the things that I've become more and more comfortable with was, is who I am. And when people try to challenge that, I just let them know, I'm not here for your comfort. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And if I'm not yours, go find your tea, but it ain't me, amen. Today, some of y'all, somebody felt that in their soul. <laughs> somebody say, just do a repeat of that message, Pastor. I need to hear that one all over again. But see, this is what I'm going to preach today. going to get you right to, right? Because if you don't do this, like, I don't believe that you can find yourself until you consider who's around you, too, right? And so I want to preach this today. Some of y'all need to consider the company you keep. 
consider the company you keep. You can tell a lot about a person by who they hang around. You know, they got all kinds of old sins, birds of a feather. Lay down with dogs, you're going to get up with? Come on, somebody. You know, I ain't going to go through all of them, but you know, the old folks, they have, they found a lot of ways to tell you to get your mind right, right? But you, but you have to consider the company you keep. And I know we start the year off and we talk about all the people we're going to cut off and all that every year. And some of y'all still have the same two people that you were cutting off the last 20 years. Amen. First of all, some of y'all act like y'all got so many people to cut off and ain't nobody calling you. Your phone dry. Text messages dead. You just want to be on Facebook like everybody else. I'm cutting all the no, you were the one that was cut off by everybody. Oh my God. Oh man, I ain't gonna mess with y'all like that today. Some of y'all need to consider the company you keep. And so, uh, you know, I was, I, I was, as I was looking through my Facebook post, the one that inspired this, and I think this one was profound, and I'm going in a bit of a different direction from it, but this is something I do think you should consider. Some of y'all need to stop pursuing people who don't want you in 2020. It's tiring, unproductive, and preventing you from connecting with those who do want you. Some of you are exhausted running behind the wrong people. You're running behind a relationship that has not materialized. You are desperate. You're literally being desperate for friendship with somebody who does not want to be your friend. It is exhausting to continue running after somebody who does not want you. And then this year, once you find yourself, then you won't feel so obligated to be attached to people who really don't want to be around you. A lot of times when we feel ourselves rushing to be in somebody's company, having to be in certain circles, all these things are because we don't have a good sense of self. And when we don't have a good sense of self, we find value in who decides whether or not they like us. And so our whole identity is wrapped up in whether or not I can say you like me. The beauty of finding self and maturing within self, then you can literally be happy with yourself, even if certain people don't like you. The beginning of it is learning to like and love yourself. So I don't believe that we just fall into bad company haphazardly. I believe that we have a deficiency inwardly and that deficiency produces an unnecessary desire that puts us in a deceptive situation with people who are not right for us or are not designed for us. It starts with a hollow place in your heart and then you feel it with something that was not designed to be there. Some of the places that God was designed to feel, he doesn't have the capacity to get there because you have people in the place of God. And then there are people that God has called to journey with you and you have not begin, you have not put yourself in a position to meet them because you have not matured within yourself or you have the wrong company around you. All right. And so I think that it's a it's a beautiful thing for you to put yourself in the right position. Now, I'll use he's going to be very uncomfortable. Some of you may have noticed me and Tony have become pretty close right over the last few months. Now, we've known each other for a number of years. Right. But there was there was things on both sides that I believe that we were not ready to know each other as, as friends. 
right? What God did was put us both in a position that the timing would be right for us to get to know each other. Some people, you have to begin to mature so that you're ready to manage the relationship. Because if you get the wrong, the right friend at the wrong time, you will run them off because you are not mature enough to manage what God has given you. Can I tell you some of your friendships that ended, it wasn't that it was the will of God for at the end. It meant that you were not ready to steward what God gave you. This is not in my notes, but somebody needs to hear it. And the, the exits that you have seen was because you were not really to grow up on the inside to manage what God placed in your life. I say this, I had a friend, wait, this was back in 2004, and I grieved this for a period of time, so I had a friend, I'm sharing this, I'm going to get to these notes. I had a friend back in 2004 that was really good for me, very healthy for me, and I had a situation that happened, and because I had experienced so much betrayal in my life, the earliest sign of something that could look that way, I would just exit, and I remember I had a scenario that happened with this friend, he was balancing two different friends, and I walked up on a situation with the other friend that was hating on me, you know how you ever have the, like the third friend that be mad about the other friend? It was one of those guys do it too. They just immature too, ladies. All right. And so, and so this friend was mad that I was friend with a friend, and this friend was saying something about me, and I saw my friend laugh. Now, me knowing who he was, I should have known that he was just in an awkward situation and trying to get out of it. He didn't, it didn't mean anything towards me. But the immaturity in me at the time said, <laughs> and I cut him off immediately. When I came to my senses and I realized I had done something wrong in that relationship. Right. And I, I apologize. We were never able to restore what we had. I grieved that for a long period of time because I realized I had something good that I mismanaged. I'm trying to mature you in this season because some of y'all have some good things and you're mismanaging it. And then you're giving more time to the people who don't matter than to the people who do. None of this is in my notes, but some of y'all need to hear it. All right. So the scripture says, 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, it says, do not be deceived. Bad company, what? Corrupts good morals. So it doesn't matter how good you try to be. If you are surrounded with the wrong people, if the wrong company becomes a part of your life, literally it can corrupt the good that's on the inside of you. You can interrupt and disrupt the purpose that God has for you just because you've allowed people to step into your life that God did not design for you. And if you are the bad company, you can also interrupt and disrupt somebody else's purpose by you being the toxic individual. I knew it would get a little more quiet on that because when we have to look at ourselves and realize that we can be toxic too. So this is going to be hard for a lot of us because we have to continue to confront areas of our hearts that continue to put us in cycles that are not good for us. Some of you have been in the wrong relationship 13 times with the same kind of person all 13 of the times. You can literally look at the person you're dating and realize they have every single characteristic of the other 12 that did not work out. And yet and still, you're still looking at the same type of bozo every time because you haven't corrected something on the inside of you. And so you stay on this cycle, this, this pattern of the wrong things because you have not learned how to have proper discernment and how to have the proper patience 
to build properly. Some of you are in too much of a hurry to build something that God never called you to build. And so you're, you, you being anxious have caused you to walk into doors that God did not open for you. So th- this right here now can be hard to do, especially some of you have some people who you have long term history with. Or you have grown some type of dependency on. Some of you are literally people are your drugs. Now, I. Mm-hmm, snorting people. Literally. You wake up with a habit to go after something that you know is wrong for you. That is crazy. And then you'll make fun of somebody else's addiction when you got the same problem. You just addicted to something else. Some of y'all proud. I never had substance abuse. But you got people abuse. Now, I'm of the opinion that every human being is born with a need for healthy human relationships. Everybody, even people who say, I don't need nobody. No, life made you that way. You became hard because of the design of your life. But every person is born with a need for healthy human relationships. I'm going to dig deeper here. Every person is born with a need for both female and male affection. God gave fathers and mothers to both display. Because we got to break these cycles with the dads who won't hug their sons because they think that's girly. Your son needs your affection too. That is foolishness. And just because your daddy taught you wrong, you ain't like it when he was doing it. Break the cycle. You best believe I hugged my son. Sure do. He was standing with me. My wife can tell you, every time he around me, he want to lay his head on me? Absolutely. If I'm gone, he the one who missed me the most. Hallelujah. He is designed to receive my affection too. We got to stop all that. Now, I'm a minister to men a lot this year. We're going to get some things sorted out. Uh, <laughs> in our emotional makeup, all the things. that We're going to get some things together this year, all right? Now, our level of need can be low or high based upon personality makeup, but it's a fundamental need of us all. We have to get to the point that we grow. Now, I want you to know this. Our connection to the wrong people is often fueled by four things. Number one, insecurity. So I, when I'm connected to the wrong people, my insecurity often drives me there. There is something on the inside of me that is unstable and the lack of stability causes me to pull something in that I think can anchor me even if it wasn't designed for me. All right. Our connection to the wrong people is often fueled also by convenience. So we've adapted to what seems easy in connection, although it may not be easy relationally or even conducive to growth. So first, insecurity. I need validation from others. The inconvenience. This is just something I'm familiar with. I don't feel like learning something new. The third thing, fear of being alone. So we don't want to feel isolated and by ourselves and we will become connected to people who are not good for us just because we don't want to be alone. And the final one is rebellion. 
We are defiant and insisting, insistent on proving our way is right or better even when we know it is not. Some of you are in relationships purely out of rebellion. Proving a point to somebody and destroying yourself in the process. How crazy is it for me to prove a point to you by killing myself? It reminds me of this little challenge that, that, uh, that we used to do and teens do where, where um, they do the passing out. And in order to prove that I am not fearful, I participate in something that can be destructive to my body. Right? Rebellion can get us in the wrong relationships. Now, I want to navigate the story of Samson and Delilah. And I know I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to get through it. I want to navigate this story. It says one day in Judges 16 chapter, one day Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Word soon spread that Samson was there. So the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the town gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, when the light of morning comes, we will kill him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up, took hold of the doors of the town gate, including the two posts, and lifted them up, bar and all. He put them on his shoulders and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across from Hebron. Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sarek. Now, he knew he was not supposed to be dating a woman like Delilah. His mom and them had already told him. He knew the strict orders. He had already, you know, you know how your mom and them told you some things out of wisdom. And you think mom and them don't know him. You just don't know me, my. Things are different now. Now you feel stupid now that you're raising your kids and they're telling you the same thing. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. Right. So Samson lies to her. Right. And he tells her all these things and Delilah, he gets up and she realizes now Delilah does this. She after she does what he says, she calls the men in. And look, it said in verse nine, she had hidden some men in one of the inner rooms of her house and she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstring as a piece of string snaps when it is burned by fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Now, this is how foolish he was. He told her what would cause him to lose his strength. She tried it, set him up and this fool still stayed there. After what Delilah said to him, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now, please tell me how you can be tied up securely. Here he come. He tells her a new thing, right? She does it. <laughs> and it says, it says, so Delilah took new ropes and tied them up with them. The men were hiding in the inner room as if four. And again, Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his arms as if they were thread. She, she literally does it again. And this fool still what? Then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. (laughs) And he tells us something else. In verse 14, again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You made fun of me three times now and still haven't told me what makes you so strong. 
She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. So he tells her, this hair is still on my head. Verse 20, then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. He played with a relationship that he knew was wrong when he entered it. He remained in a relationship where he knew that she was trying to set him up for harm. And he remained long enough thinking that within himself he had the capacity to manage it. But what he did not know is that it was mangling him. And that he was putting himself in a position that would ultimately set him up for death. There are some relationships that if you're not careful of, will kill your purpose, will kill your time, will kill your, kill your energy, will zap everything out of you. And before you know it, you are only a shell of yourself when it's done. What can the wrong relationships do? And I'm getting through this. The wrong relationship can alter your perspective. Have you ever noticed that when you've gotten entangled with the wrong person, you don't even see things the same? The wrong relationship, you got people that are coming to your world and start trying to get you to normalize things that you know are not normal. Many people that get pulled into witchcraft is because they got in the wrong relationship and somebody said, you think I'm cool, right? I'm cool. Look, I'm good. Let me show you what I do. And because they were not strong enough to stand on their belief system that was foundational, their perspective got altered, which is why the word of God tells us about being unequally yoked. It is important that I understand who I am yoking myself up with because whoever I tie myself to can determine where I begin to head. So it can alter your perspective. It, then it can change your behavior. You start getting around certain people. Have you noticed that the more you get around them, you start acting like them? Good or bad? You can pick up good habits from people and bad habits. You have to be careful who you are picking up habits from. Third thing, it can weaken your commitment. Right? So it can weaken your commitment. And the final thing, it can sever your purpose. When I am connected to the wrong person, then they can literally begin to alter how I perceive things, change how I do things, weaken my commitment or my stamina for what I, can, what I do, and ultimately begin to destroy what God put me here to do. So when I'm choosing relationships, and I got to wrap up, it's good. It's going to get greater and greater every week. When I'm choosing relationships that God has for me, I need to choose relationships that build instead of destroy. Choose relationships that build you instead of destroying you. Out of all the women that existed, I am sure Samson could have found a woman who was designed in a way to build him. Instead, out of rebellion, he gets himself entangled with a woman who was sent to destroy him. Choose relationships that respect you and won't pervert you respect you and won't pervert you. You know, when people can't honor your standards, they're not good for you. You're going to respect how I believe, what I do, what I'm called to do. You're going to respect me. You're not going to pervert me or change me or distort what it is that I know that God has called me to. 
Choose relationships that challenge you to grow instead of causing you to remain stagnant. If you sitting in my life got me still remaining at the same position, something wrong. Right? You should be able to challenge me. My friends know they can say to me, I think you're wrong on that. And if your friend cannot tell you that, they are not a friend. Or you are not a friend. Choose relationships that value you instead of tolerating you. They see you as valuable. They're not just simply putting up with you. Remind you can come. And finally, choose relationships that cause you no harm. Cause you no harm. When people begin to do things that demonstrate harm towards you, you need to get them out of your life. People who are willing to attack you. People who participate in conversations about you with people who they know don't like you. All of those things, you deserve better than that. And so in this season, I believe that as God is growing you, as you're finding yourself, you need to be careful to make sure that you are surrounding yourself properly in this season. Don't let insecurity cause you to accept something that's not what God has for you. Don't let convenience cause you to remain in a place right? That is not healthy. Don't let your fear of being alone cause you to accept any old thing. And please don't be rebellious because it's not going to end well for you. God has so much better for you in this season. I believe that this can truly be your best year yet if you will make some new choices. Stand your feet all over this place. Every head bow, every eye closed, no one looking around.